This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 7, 2020. And, you know, we had a shortened week last week, trading week, and it was a pretty good week for the market. Uh, today was a reversal day, making me a little bit nervous on the downside, but we'll see. I mean, we've had some really, really strong moves up in the market recently, so it's not a surprise when something gets over, that we have some kind of sell-off. It wasn't that bad, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, of course, the COVID-19 crisis continues to be, you know, all the rage, and there's a little bit of civil disobedience going on about, you know, trying to, you know, keep your distance and keep your mask on. And it's interesting that the, the the cases now are popping up fairly strong in the younger generation. So, uh, you know, the older generation, maybe uh, we're, we are staying indoors. I don't know. Maybe we're wearing more masks. It just seems to be hitting the younger generation more now than it did initially. So for investors, it's a pretty unsettling time because you have a lot of volatility going on. You have that China-U.S. trade tension going on. You got an election, you know, besides the COVID virus thing, which, you know, now certain states here in California, the governor is shutting down in, in dining again and certain other things. So I know that's helping happening in other places. It's just going to be difficult. To help you sort out all these problems, these issues, and you have investment and financial questions, that's what the show is for, called Invest Talk. Our number is 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley, and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So Justin Klein and I are a little bit different than other, most other kind of money managers. Uh, <clears throat> one is we don't, you know, we, we use unbiased guidance, unbiased we only recommend investments and strategies we implement for our own money, ourselves. We call it parallel investing. And, you know, we try to I try to be as frank as possible with our clients to try to get be on the same side of the table as they, they you know, we want to be on the same side of the table as our clients. So that's what we're about. This is a call-in show. I'm ready for your calls. 888-99-CHART. And in case you were wondering, yes, uh, you know, we, Justin and I still can offer no-cost, no-obligation portfolio assessments and reviews. We do it via telephone, Skype, Jive means we can even do it by email. Uh, because, you know, we, we can't get anywhere. It's very difficult to meet people, especially with this COVID thing going on. So, you know, we'll do it, we do it as best we can using technology. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, be happy to do that. Learn more, just go to investtalk.com and send us an email. Okay, my focus today concerns this question. Can good value be found in hard-hit real estate? Real estate subsectors. Some experts say they are they, they expect malls, hotels, healthcare to rebound. But are they right? I'm not buying. I'm not buying necessarily malls, but we'll talk about it in more detail. We're going to look into that. That's our main talking point today. Will online classes 
and for colleges, change higher education. I mean, think about a lot. Some of the colleges are not going to be opening up in the fall. Major colleges. Get to that. Citigroup increases its target for the S&P, which I find very amusing. I need, we'll talk about that. And, you know, July 15th, tax day. July 15th, tax day. It's coming up, everybody. Over that. The market was down today. Uh, it's down pretty big. It was, you know, I'm messing around with my wires here as I'm talking. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the Dow was down 397 points, and NASDAQ down 90, and the SP down 34. And it was interesting because the market was up early morning and just started to give it back most of the day. So it's kind of a reversal day. Um, so we'll see how that works out over the next few days. It's all driven by news, right? I mean, the virus news, mostly that's what is driven. Virus news and economic news. Economic news is pretty good. Virus news is pretty bad. So that's what we're dealing with today. Okay, so love to talk to you. My focus point today, can good value be found in the real estate? We're going to talk about that later on. What do you think? I would like to hear your opinions on that. And, you know, you you know, you know, probably notice, uh, Justin and I, we do our very best to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So let's go ahead and get started. This came in earlier at our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Jason from Memphis. I was calling about Fleet Corps. F is in Frank, L is in Lima, T is in Tom. Wondering what you thought and what a good entry point might be. Thank you. Okay, Fleet Court Technologies, headquartered in Atlanta, provides commercial payment solutions to businesses, merchants, consumers, and payment networks. They make really good money. They've always made good money for many years, way, way on, all the way back to 2013, which is as far as I have in front of me. Their sales are still increasing 6, 9, 10% every, every quarter for the last year, including the most recent quarters. So the virus is not really hurting them that much. $21 billion company. Doesn't pay any dividend. Earnings are going to be down 7% this year to $10.96, and then up 19% to $13.05 next year, which is the highest earnings they've ever had. It's a $252 stock. Okay, so don't think it's cheap. It's, what, 20 PE, and the range is 14 to 27 very good return on equity, 30%. Very good cash flow, $13.18. Not a ton of debt. Management on 7%. Pretty good of a $20 billion. But mutual funds are not buying. They're, they're kind of staying neutral on it. So what's a good entry point? Well, uh, 248 Is that 252 right now? 248 $240. $240 is a good spot. It goes all the way down to around the 200 to 210 area. That'd be a really nice spot. I mean, those are the those are entry points, I think. Okay, and this is uh, Fleet Core Technology symbol FLT. FLT. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. You are listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and summer's well underway. No doubt, people across the country are ready to get outside beaches, restaurants, too bad that we're prevented from some of those activities. You and I both know that, you know, 
we're not going to return to normalcy for this whole summer. It's not going to happen. So uncertainty still happens out there, still continues. The question is, you probably ask yourself, is how can you be better prepared for market swings than we're having? So we should talk about that. Your participation is important. We are taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Summer is well underway. The Independence Day holiday is already in the rearview mirror. As we move through the hot months of July and August, you might want to be sure that your investment portfolio is balanced. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can provide unbiased advice, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. And my question is regarding gold. You guys are encouraging everybody to get into it. There's a few different, as far as, you know, Barrick is the miners, and then there's other mining stocks. But then I look at the gold ETF, GLD. I just don't see it moving much as far as, I mean, it went down a little bit, but looking for some answers on what gold stocks are the best to get into. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing the answer. Well, GLD made a new 52-week high today. I mean, I'm not sure what you mean by not doing much. Uh, <laughs> since uh, December, it was 135. Now it's 169. If you look at GDX, which is the gold miners index, GLD is the gold itself. It made a new 52-week high today. Um, it was low was 17, and now it's 37, 37.73. So there's been major moves. Yeah, there's been some pullbacks, but those were buying opportunities. And we've mentioned that. I mentioned it. Justin mentioned it. You know, it's a buying opportunity if you get it. You know, it comes down, and it came down in uh, June. Nicely, bottom right in the middle of June. Could have bought it then. Now it bottom at the GDX, bought it at 33. Now it's at 37, so that's what, 12% since so the middle of June? And what, 300%? 200% plus since the bottom and made in March. So um, I we prefer the gold miners, and we buy individual mining companies. We don't buy the ETFs. Uh, but for most investors, you know, if you can't do all the research and understand what's going on, you know, fundamentally with the mining company, you can use the ETFs as an easy way to get exposure to gold. The question is, how far will it go up? Well, I think it's got some legs, you know, uh, I'm not a I'm not a real keen on gold, generally speaking. Justin likes it better than I do, because over the decades I've been investing, gold has not been a very good investment. But when it shines, it shines best when we have inflation, we have uh, uh, weakening dollar tensions in wor- the world. Okay, but we don't have inflation. I think we're going lots of inflation. I really do, because of uh, of the spending we're doing, the government spending, the printing of money. I mean, it's massive. It's not just a little. It's massive. So uh, eventually, that should result in some inflation a year or two years down the road. It should, and that should be very supportive of gold. That's why we like it. One of the reasons why. 888-99 chart, everybody. My focus point today concerns that can good value be found in hard-hit real estate subsectors? 
So what are we talking about? What subsectors? Well, there's three. This is an article out of Morningstar. Um, and uh, there's three basic subsectors they're, they're talking about, and that's uh, hotels, malls, and health care, real estate. Okay, we're talking about REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. I don't really care for malls. I do not, even though they're very inexpensive. And uh, um, um, Morningstar is saying that the whole, the whole, those three sectors, I mean, they 16, 19% below value. Uh, and so they think it's at a good value. I, I happen to agree, but I don't know if I, I two of the three sectors I can accept. Um, I like the healthcare the best. Um, but I, I'm having trouble looking at the mall sector and saying that that's a great place to be because I think they're just going to continue losing to online shoppers. And this COVID-19, I think, accelerates that problem. So hotels, at least, I you know that eventually we're going to get back to traveling and eventually those hotels will start to fill up again. Because you can't, you know, you can't online a hotel stay. You got to stay in a room someplace. So, but, you know, in healthcare, you, you got to have, you know, nursing homes and hospitals or whatever, you know, health, you know, all those things. And I think that's just going to grow because of the baby boomer population getting older and older and older. So that's why I kind of like those and not. So um, you can take a look at this article on besttalk.com. Interesting. In the in the details. There's details there. Dividend yields are going to be around, I'd say about 5, 5, 6%. Pretty good, pretty healthy. On the Nest Investor, this story, why portfolio rebalancing almost always pays off. A turbulent market is a good reminder for the need to achieve risk reduction. That story is tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 chart. Hi, Steve Justin. My name is Umesh. Thanks for the show. I love it. I had a question on AMD. I've had AMD for uh, for more than two years now, and I, I have made some significant profit from uh, purchasing AMD. But I wanted to understand what your thoughts on the company and uh, stock overall is. Thank you. Okay, AMD Advanced Micro Devices uh, designs microprocessors embedded in media graphics processors, chipsets for computers and and consumer devices. And chips, you know, chips in general are pretty cyclical. You know, they they they, they make new factories, new chipsets, and then they, they get faster all the time. And then then and then it's another cycle that they get faster chips and new chips. So it, it's a kind of cyclical in nature, the chip companies. And this one, you know, they happen to be on a good cycle right now. AMD is a very good company, sixty-two billion dollars in size. They're going to make $1.02 a share this year. That's up from $0.64 cents last year and $1.50 a share next year. 
So the, the coronavirus has not affected them hardly at all. Sales are up 40% in the most recent quarter, 50% in the quarter before that. But the quarter before that was up 9 Before that was down 13 down 23 You see how it's very cyclical. The sales are cyclical. Um, since it's growing so fast, it's now pretty pricey. It's a $52 stock, 53 almost, and they're going to make $1.50 next year. So that tells you, you know, that's a pretty pretty hefty P.E. ratio. Uh, the, tw- uh, the five-year range is 26 to 737. Current equity is 37%, which is extremely high. Um, not very hardly any debt. Those are all very good things. They have very good numbers right now. Now, they're having trouble on a chart getting above $56, $58 or so. There's a lot of resistance. Remember, it's $52.93. It's been doing that, getting up into those areas since the beginning of the year. It fell in March like everything else did, then came back and tested that area again, $56, $57 a share. And since then, it's been going from $50 to $56, $57 pretty consistently. Now it's $52.93, right in the middle of that. So that's what you're seeing. Um, it's just having a hard time breaking up to get past the old high. And I think it's going to continue. I think but we're not, you know, we've had a very good run up from the bottom, but I think summer is going to be difficult. You know, I don't know how much additional ground we're going to be able to gain when we know that the earnings are going to be weak. There's certain things going to be weak, and we know the COVID virus is coming back. Um, I think... You know, I'm still not sure about the definition. Are we still in our first wave or is this a second wave? Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, Fauci says it's just a continuation of the first wave. Um, and I and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a start of a second wave, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyways. AMD, everybody, advanced micro devices. Um, you know, so, so we're going to come up on the fall and back to school, right, for major colleges. And remember how expensive college is, all right? It's very expensive. Well, many colleges are not going to have in-class classes or classrooms. They're not going you don't you don't show up for classes. You do it online. So my big question in my mind is, well, why am I paying a full full scholarship? I mean, full uh, tuition if I, the teacher's not even there, my my kids not there, it's kids sitting at home and doing homework from I I think that this change could change the uh, the the whole landscape. Harvard, they're not changing their tuition, but they're going to have classes. Princeton, Rutgers, Yale, all all those are not going to have in class classes necessarily. You can do your work outside; don't have to be at the campus. I guess. Now, most colleges that have announced they are going to have in person semester, which makes sense to me. Because you look at the uh, you look at the virus, right? Because this is the whole reason this exists. And you look at the symptoms for the young people. And by far, their symptoms are much less and very few deaths. Very few. I mean, it's on the, it's on the scale. It looks like it's going to be on the scale of a bad flu. You know, uh, as far as death is concerned for young people. Um, so why would you stop classes for you? I don't I don't see that as being necessary. So it's interesting. I think though, won't 
I think it might change the face of going to college. You know, you know, you can do everything online. Why do you need these expensive buildings and campuses? Everything. Maybe you can. Maybe the college will be a lot cheaper to attend going forward. I don't know if it's been a permanent change or not. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. There are a number of things that all InvestTalk listeners have in common. One of them is money, dollars, coins. But do you ever wonder where the coins we use are produced? So I'm going to ask my trivia question today. In which year was the U.S. Mint established? And how many U.S. Mints are currently in operation? When was established and how many are out there? Printing money. I'll have the answer after this break. Our phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. I had a question for you before the break. All about you know it's a uh, it's our you know we do it every half on the half hour. The today's uh, question is: In which year was the U.S. Mint established, and how many U.S. Mints are currently in operation? Okay, so U.S. Mint is one of the oldest federal government's oldest agencies. Okay, it is the oldest. The Mint is the nation's sole manufacturer of legal tender coinage and responsible for producing you know, circulating coinage for the nation, dollar bills, nickels, dimes, quarters, all those things. The Mint has six facilities, 1,600 employees across the United States. So when did it get started? Well, April 2nd, 
1792, Congress passed the Coinage Act, establishing the first national mint in the United States. And they chose Philadelphia, and at that time was the nation's capital, as a site for the first mint. Now, as gold fever spread across the U.S., branch mints and assay offices opened to serve the needs of a growing nation. Although the mint currently operates production facilities in four cities, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Denver, and West Point, New York, plus a bullion depository at Fort Knox, how, that's what that's its facilities. However, in its 228-year history, many other men's facilities have opened and then been closed. Okay, I'll give you a little bonus fact here. From 1838 to 1861, the U.S. men in Charlotte, North Carolina, was used to produce gold coins. From 1870 to 1893, there was a U.S. mint production facility in Carson City, Nevada. Carson City, Nevada. There's your U.S. Mint trivia question. Let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question, this time from a listener in New Jersey. Yes, hi, Steve or Justin. This is Usher from New Jersey. My question is about what's your take on the uh, international stocks and international markets, investing in international markets in this current COVID-19 scenario and situation. A few folks have recommended going against not investing in the international stocks. My thought process is a little different in the sense is that uh, while U.S. continues to see, you know, more COVID-19 spread, um, I think European countries are able to uh, deal with the whole situation a lot better, and I think they are going to see better recovery in the markets. So my take is in the, in the short to medium term, International markets may do better in comparison to the U.S. markets. I would like to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Bye. Well, it certainly is possible. I mean, you know, uh, I, there's nothing wrong with investing in international markets. I, I would still suggest that most of your investments would be in our stock market, mostly because, you know, our, it's, ours, it's much more transparent than other places, many other places. But there are very good companies in Europe. I don't have a problem with that. I'm leery about Russian companies. I'm leery, leery about some of the numbers coming out of the Chinese companies. But that's always been true. You, know, you always had those issues. Uh, so you look for opportunities. And there are some opportunities in the European market, I think. There might be some in the Chinese market. But you know that the U.S.-China relations is not going to improve anytime soon. So that, that, that part makes me a little bit nervous. But you know, I I don't I don't I have nothing against international investing, I really don't. But you got to remember, uh, the S and P five hundred, like about fifty percent of their earnings are outside are earned outside the United States borders. Big companies operate worldwide, worldwide. Okay, let's keep let's keep it moving here, everybody. How about another talking point? How about City Citigroup? increases its target for the S&P 500. Okay, you know what the target is? Well, their their target was 2,700. 2,700. Now they increase it to 2,900. What's the S&P right now? Today? Right now. 3,143. 3,145. So they're expecting it to go down. They did... They did... Uh, have, they did have a range. 
and their range was from 27 to 32. Their target was 29. Okay, um, aren't they a little bit behind? I mean, their old target was 2,700, and we're at where we are. We were at 30, almost 3,200, and their old target—they just changed it. So a little bit behind the eight ball. Now, I want you to know I don't necessarily disagree with them. I think that, as I mentioned earlier, I think the market's going to hit some some uh, speed bumps, and it's probably going to in the summer. It's going to have difficulty going forward, but I do think the market could easily be higher by the end of the year. It's just that we're dealing with some big issues, presidential election, COVID, some things we can't, with COVID, we have no idea what's going to happen to it. Is it going to, no one knows. So it's hard to gauge. I, I know that as we're reopening where you know things are speeding up, economy speeding up faster than anybody expected, but the many places are going to start slowing down or shutting down parts of the economy again. It's going to be very difficult. Okay, let's go to Carl in Ohio. How you doing, Carl? Oh, good, Steve. Thank you. Um, got a question about a uh, oil company, MTDR. I've got a small position, and I'm wondering how you uh, analyze this as a long-term hold. Okay, MT, D as in dog, R as in Robert, everybody. Engaged in oil and gas exploration and production in areas of Texas and Louisiana. It's a pretty small company. It's under a billion dollars, 863 million. So that's a small company. Uh, recently, their sales grew by over 100%, most recent quarter. The quarter before that, they were stagnant at 0% growth. Quarter before that, 35% growth. Quarter before that, 14% growth. Quarter before that, shrinkage of 9%. So, being a small company, there's you know it's volatile. Uh, they're going to lose six or eight cents a share. That's the estimate this year. Then rebound to 14 cents a share next year. Now, last year they made a dollar 20 a share. So that's a pretty big pull down from where they were. So. It's a seven dollars and forty-one cents stock. I mean, if they last year when they made dollar twenty, that would make their stock very cheap. But when they're only going to make fourteen cents next year, that doesn't make it nearly as inexpensive. It's kind of so. This is going to be kind of a. I can see this being a very uh, a roller coaster ride for you. I really can. It's down seven percent, seven point seven percent down today. At eight dollars uh, to seven dollars and forty-one cents, um, I, I think I would. Unless it gets back down, it was below two dollars a share. If it gets down to around three dollars a share, I'd be very pumped up. This is not what I would call a, for a long-term investment, though, Carl, because it's too small. It's very risky, and you know their sales are kind of erratic. So I would be very careful as a long-term investor. Let's go to Ankar in Anaheim. Let's talk about the gold miners. Ankar. Yeah, hi. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I should uh, go with the uh, gold miner ETF or the gold miner junior or junior gold miner ETF. What's the difference? Any preference? Well, um, uh, GDX is the one of the. What, do you uh, the, you know which junior uh, ETF? Which one you talk? You want to talk about? Yeah, GDXJ. 
Okay, let's take a look at GDXJ and see if we can find the difference between GDX. So GDXJ, exchange rate funds and performance corresponding to the market vectors junior gold miners index. And I'm assuming the junior gold miner index has a definition. I'm looking it up real fast. It looks like it's the smaller gold miners. Um, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with the smaller gold miners. I, I would stick with the bigger ones, which GDX has most most of the big ones in or all the big ones in there. Um, the, the GDXJ might be more volatile. Therefore, it could rise faster because they're talking about you know smaller companies that are more risky. But remember, risk could, the risk is not inherently bad in and of itself. It just means there'll be a lot more volatility and you might have more bankruptcies in there because they're smaller companies. So that's the difference. Bigger gold mining companies usually have much better staying power. Anchor, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And yes, the economy is reopening in phases. Most of us realize that the resumption of a strong level of economic activity is going to take some time. We're not talking about a month or two or three. We're talking about a year. Okay, maybe longer. But you can't allow that to, you know, stop you from reaching for your retirement objectives. You still control that. And there's going to, I don't know if you noticed, but this market has been very narrow. Only a certain sectors have been the drivers of this market from the bottom. Many sectors are way behind the index. Most of them are. Most of them. So you still, though, you got to understand how that works. you got to understand market volatility. you got to understand sector rotation and sector leadership. So doesn't matter if you're a conservative investor or more aggressive, younger, aggressive investor. doesn't matter. You still have the same opportunities presented to you. You have the same goals. Younger people just have more time to reach those goals. And older investors don't have them that much time, and they need to start to become more much more conservative or much more defensive in nature. But you still have the same goals. Just a matter of how to get there. Love to talk to you about it, help you manage the risk. Get started with a no-cost portfolio review. Please call or send me a message to investtalk.com. Send me an email. Now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial investment questions. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Doug. I am a brand new investor as of a couple days ago, and I just put a couple thousand dollars on Square. SQ is the symbol. I really have no idea what I'm doing, but I liked what the overview had to say about the company and uh, I thought they had a good good product and service. Am I an idiot? That's my question. Am I an idiot? 
Thank you. No, you're not an idiot. You know, uh, far from it. If you know that you don't know what you're doing, that's a good, great start. That's a good start. It's those people who think they know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing and they get in trouble. So Square Inc. is a very good company. I like Square. It's a $55 billion company. I remember when it was started. Uh, provides point-of-sales software to manage receipts, inventory, sales reports with analytics and feedback. You know, they came out with a little square thing that you could run a credit card through and charge. I mean, it was, it was a, they, they were very innovative. And they're still growing 40-plus percent in sales per quarter. So, you know, they're still growing. But it's also made it a very expensive stock. If you look at their earnings, they're going to go down 20 to 27 cents a share this year to re- then rebound to 96 cents a share next year. But it's a $125 stock. So you're talking about a $130 PE, 130 PE ratio. And their range is 48 to 494. So it's never been cheap. Uh, and it's not going to be, not until that growth slows down. The problem in this new 52-week high today was up 5.57%. Why is Square doing so well? Well, online buying because people are not out shopping and doing it from home. Therefore, that fits them perfectly because that's you, you can use their Square software point to point anywhere. So it, 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 it's a really good company. Just know that you're, you have to pay up. It's, I mean, this company got as low as, just so you know, low as $35 a share in March. Now it's 125 So can it go back down there? Well, I doubt it, but it wouldn't surprise me if it goes, gets, goes to about $70, $75 a share. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So if you're buying it now, just know that you're paying up for it. And when you buy it at 125 and it goes down to 100 or 90 70. That doesn't mean the company's doing anything wrong. That just means that the company got, everybody got overexcited. It's overbought. I would wait for a pullback myself. Wait. I don't like chasing performance levels. Chasing performance is usually a bad decision. Now, it doesn't always a bad decision. It just usually is a bad. Okay, several closely watched mortgage rates declined this week. So the average 30-year fixed and 15-year fixed mortgages both went down. The average rate of a 5-1 adjustable mortgage also went down. So they're very, very low. Mortgage rates are extremely low. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. Get your questions in now, 888. 99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, why portfolio balancing almost always pays off. It's all about risk reduction. That story tomorrow. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888 99 chart. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Steve from Syracuse. I'm a long time. Listener of your show, thank you for all your insight and advice. I am interested in BlackBerry, ticker symbol BB. They've been reinventing themselves as a cybersecurity company. This would be a small position for me. I'd like to hear your opinion on this one. Thank you. Poor BlackBerry. You know, BlackBerry Limited, they made the BlackBerry phones, and they were the leader. They came out with the first keyboards on your phone, 
and there was actually keyboards on your phone. <laughs> and then uh, Apple came along with a touchscreen, and BlackBerry refused to move to touchscreen. They got just walloped. Okay, so they lost money for a number of years in a row. They are making money again, not making a ton. They're going to make six cents a share this year and thirteen cents a share next year. Um, and you know, it's a four dollar and eighty cents stock. It's a Canadian company operates as a security software service company and securing the enterprise of things. So they're trying to reinvent themselves. And I think they're doing a pretty decent job of doing that. Now, the sales, you know, most recent quarter went down 17%. Before that, they were growing between 11 and 18% a quarter for four or five quarters in a row. So the question is, Long as it's, it's long as it's a small part of your portfolio. I've said this before. I buy companies that make money, and I try not to buy companies that are too risky. This is pretty risky. This is a pretty risky play. But I've said before that you can take this risk with one or two stocks with a small amount of money of your portfolio. So this is a decent bet. There's not much debt in the company. Their return on equity is very high. Cash flow is pretty strong at 26 cents a share, and they're a very small company. Uh, not very small, but 2.6 billion, so they're not very small. But they're just reinventing themselves. They're just getting moving on that reinvention. So we'll see how, I don't know if it has legs. I don't know. I'd have to really dig into it. But yeah, you could take a shot at something like this. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, just a reminder, is today's July 7th, and July 15th is tax day. Remember, they postponed it from April 15th to July 15th. Well, it's upon you. you got to get your taxes done. Now, you can ask for extensions. You can get an extension, not a problem. But you still owe the tax by July 15th. So if you ask for extension and you owe taxes... You owe money, you're going to be charged interest and penalty. The interest charge is only like 3%, but the penalty charge is 0.5% per month. 0.5% per month added to the interest. So it can add up pretty fast. So make sure if you owe money that you pay it. And you can just pay a little bit more than you think you owe, and then you're okay, and then you can do your return, your taxes. But you really have no excuse not to file these by July 15th because you've had an extra four months. So there's really no excuse. Get it done. So I, I did mine like normal. I mean, you know, uh, there was no reason not to. Mark was down today, everybody. 397 points on the Dow, 90, 90 points on the NASDAQ, and 34 points on the S&P. So we're going to see, and it was a reversal day. In other words, it was up and then down. Uh, so we're going to see if we hit, we, I'm sure you've been listening to the radio show. We've told you that the market is up against pretty, pretty stiff resistance near the highs. And all it does, all it is, is, you know, hitting that resistance. It's going to take a while. It usually takes several attempts to break through. And we've noticed that the the, bre- the breaking through is, you know, the move up from the bottom has been very narrow. The big tech stocks, 
biotech sectors, most other sectors, it just moved up nicely, but nothing like the leaders. They're the ones, the big tech is pulling it up, pulling up the rest of the indexes. Because they dominate, because they're so big. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. Thank you for listening to Invest Talk today. Please tell your friends. We have posted a new June bonus show. Justin and I answer 30 caller questions at a pretty fast pace. It can be downloaded now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And I will return tomorrow. So have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.